Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast of Hope Community Church. We are so excited to have you join us. My name is Angie Rizzo, and I have the great pleasure of introducing you to two of my friends, Jenna Mevs and Amanda Bordeaux. Um, and these are two women that have been great influences in my life um, that God has just used to show his love for me. And I would love to introduce them to you. Um, so, hey guys, welcome Hello. to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. So, um, Amanda, why don't we start with you? Uh, tell me just about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm from the Raleigh area, so Raleigh born and bred, which there's not very many of us left. You're so. a unicorn. I am a unicorn. <laughs> um, and grew up going to church, pretty much. If the doors were open to church, we were there. And when I was 10 is when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Um, and I say that very intentionally, which I'll go into a little bit more. I was kind of the checklist Christian. So did all the things, was at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, youth group president, mission trips, VBS, summer camps, like did all the things. Wow. So I truly do think that I like loved God and Part of it was doing it out of a place of like, I love God. Like, this is what he wants me to do. But it was more of, I need to check these things off to be like a good Christian. Mm. And so um, I don't think that my faith was like fake, but I just didn't get the full the full story of the gospel. And so when I was 18, I went to Meredith College, got the Meredith ring. <laughs> and I met people who like, loved Jesus and wanted to go to church and wanted to serve out of an overflow of their love for him. It wow. didn't seem like this thing that they had to do. It was this thing that they wanted to do. And so when I was 18, I rededicated my life to Christ. And at that point, I would say that that is when Jesus became the Lord of my life. And wow. so um, Savior when I was 10, Lord when I was 18. And so then combining those together, I really started to understand what it means for Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life and just had this kind of newfound um, freedom and what it looks like to follow Christ mm -hmm. and really started to um, yeah, go to church and be involved in Bible studies out of an overflow of just the love for Jesus and what he had done for me. And I just had the opportunity to do um, quite a few mission trips in college. And then um, I kind of big kind of turning turning point of like, okay, are you all in was I applied to go to Africa and um, yeah, I had never been international. So this was a really big deal. And I was, I was really nervous, but I had been to the passion conference in 2003 and um, really thought that the Lord was calling me to go somewhere international, but I wasn't sure where. So prayed about it, felt like it was Africa applied for this organization. I was accepted and they said, we want to place you in Bangkok, Thailand. And I was like, Cool. Bangkok's uh, really different than Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so I used the whole, like, let me think and pray about it. Um, and went back and, and read my journal entry from a few weeks prior. And I had written in my journal, I'll go wherever you send me. And I was like, wow. Okay, God, you sent me to, to Thailand. So I did say yes out of obedience, but I was not necessarily excited. I did have a peace, so I knew that it was from the Lord. Um, but I just really had to trust that, okay, God, your plans are different than my plans. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and, um, went to Thailand and, um, and what age were you? About? I was 20. 
Okay. So, so just two years after having gone from Savior to Lord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Was, yeah. So it was yeah pretty quick. Wow. And, um It was a hard summer, but it was a really impactful summer, and mm-hmm. um, it was just a really beautiful, life giving summer of um, yeah, just experiencing Jesus in a different culture and just really having to just rely on Jesus in a lot of different ways. So. Um, yeah, it's just wow. been a, a journey since then of just, you know, continuing to grow in Christ and, and see my need for Him. And, um, yeah, just really, really thankful that um, I get to be used by God. That's so cool. So that's a really interesting story because a lot of times we hear these really dramatic conversion mm-hmm. stories of I was doing all of these things and then suddenly somebody introduced me to Jesus and now my life is totally different. Um, what sounds unique to your story in, in contrast to that is just this um, this progression, this gradual progression mm-hmm. of having grown up in a home where Jesus was present, talked about, um, being in a community where uh, he was glorified, mm-hmm. and just kind of that progression. I think you use the term checkbox to like something that you wanted to do, where you're even journaling about it mm-hmm. and saying, wherever you want me to be, Lord, that that's where I want to go. That's really cool. Um, thanks so much for sharing. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more in just a bit. But uh, Jenna, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. Like, where did you grow up and how did you get introduced to Jesus? Yeah. Um, so I actually was born in upstate New, upstate New York in Syracuse. Oh, I forgot um, about that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Northerner. And, yeah. And um, my family lived in a small town called Plasky. And um, I don't really consider myself a northerner because we moved when I was only 10 months old. So I mainly grew up in Greenville, North Carolina, where ECU is. Nice. Um, so as like a baby, I was always in church. I grew up um, going to church with my mom, dad, sister, two brothers, and grandma. Um, I have different background of going to different types of churches. I grew up going to a Pentecostal church and then oh, wow. transitioned into a Methodist church. Those and very then, different. Uh, also Wesleyan church. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also went to a little bit of a Presbyterian, so a little of oh. a mixture of the pot there. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Um, but as I continue to get older, um, I didn't really, like, when I was, like, younger, like, elementary, middle school, I didn't, I knew I was a Christian. Like, I knew of God. I knew God um, died for my sins. I didn't really have, like, a relationship with him. Like, I wasn't spending time with him privately and growing with him. Um, when I hit freshman year of college, um, that's when I joined a Bible study on campus and started going cool. to Campus Crusade. And that's where I kind of decided to take my faith as my own. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. So you were about what age then? That was freshman year, so I was probably about 19. Nice. So solid young adult age to be making big life trajectory decisions, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me about kind of after that phase, um, what did your journey look like? After like... Coming to him and uh, joining the Bible study at Crew. Um, Definitely... um, so that's when COVID hit, like right afterwards, because mm. like Oof. my freshman year, COVID hit that second semester. Um, everything got shut down. I got into like my first like relationship and oh. it was very, not very good. So mm. I kind of showed a lot of insecurities and a lot of like, like self-image issues. So I 
really leaned on God in that and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what does God say about me? What is mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely strengthened me going through that. And yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that learning how to hear what God says about us really can help us through some of those trial periods when maybe other people speak things about us that are not true. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks so much for sharing that. Um, So for both of you, it sounds like there was kind of a pivot point in your early adult years Mm -hmm. of, hey, I'm going to go from kind of doing what everybody else is doing or doing what my family's doing to uh, owning it in a really cool way. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen your love for God and God's love for you develop through that transition um, from kind of, hey, I know who God is and I like him to, oh, wait, no, he's God mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think just like exposing like my sin and my need for Jesus, um, just realizing like, okay, God is holy. Like I am not and God is perfect. I am not. And, um, yeah, I think just showing me that, you know, like I am in need of the Prince of Peace because I struggle with anxiety. Um, and that was actually a a more recent struggle that I had. I, you know, can remember when people would tell me that they struggle with anxiety and I was like, you know, oh, like thankful that I've never like struggled with that before, Mm -hmm. you know. I'll pray for you. And then lo and behold, I um, struggled with anxiety. And so thankfully that drew me like towards God. And I'm like, okay, God, I know that, you know, anxiety is not, you're, you're not like causing this anxiety, but you want me to come to you with my anxiety and you mm-hmm. have things to say about it. And I was able to um, memorize Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And wow you know, just meditate on that and just kind of repeat over and over. Okay. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And actually the with Thanksgiving part is the part that I really focused on. And I developed like a gratitude practice and naming things that I'm thankful for tended to help with the anxiety. And so that was a really key part of um, just kind of dealing with the anxiety and, um, you know, just like being honest with God about like how I was feeling and just Mm -hmm. journaling through it and just asking trusted friends to pray. And it hasn't been this like one and done, like tie a bow, like, okay, that was like a year of my life and kind of anxiety is over. You know, it comes up in different seasons here and there, but ultimately I'm like, okay, God, like, I know that you love me. I know that you care about me. And ultimately the anxiety draws me to him and he just wants relationship with us. And so he's going to use anything in our life to draw us to him. And like I said, I, I do not believe that God like caused the anxiety, but he did like allow that to happen in my life Mm -hmm. and it has drawn me closer to him. Wow. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how you delineate that God isn't the cause Mm. or the source of the anxiety, and yet you coupled that with this Thanksgiving mm-hmm. element of um, when we thank God for them for things, we acknowledge that He is the source of good. Yeah. You know, He is love. He is holiness. He is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that uh, juxtaposition there of just 
I know you are good and I'm gonna rehearse that in my mind and in my heart so that I can face the things that are not of you mm-hmm. and that don't come from you, um, but that I am facing right now. That's really cool um, to hear how God was faithful mm-hmm. in that season. So that's really cool. So Jenna, how has God's love been something that's um, grown in your experience as you've grown closer to Him um, and just even your need for His love as you've been continuing in your walk in life? Um, so a time where like I've actually needed God and like actually turned to Him and was summer 2021 when mm-hmm. I lost my mom and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know like what else, like what else to do. All I knew was just to turn to God, and that actually like helped me be able to get through it. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I started going to Yam Fam, which also started to like surround myself with a good godly support system to encourage me. And um, and then yeah, basically yeah. yeah. Yeah, I um, had the immense honor and privilege of meeting you shortly after you lost your mom and sister. And um, I definitely think that one of the things that stood out to me the most was your faith in the goodness of God Mm -hmm. never wavered. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case when people go through hardship. So to me, what that illustrated was just um, this relationship that had been budding under the surface that you had with him. I know you said that you started a relationship or started to fixate um, or really focus on him in your early college years. But even being in the church growing up, knowing his name, knowing what he is known for, um, you knew where to turn and what Mm -hmm. to look for. What was God? And so I think that's a really beautiful picture. You mentioned that he showed up for you in those seasons. In what ways did you see him show up through that really hard season that really, you know, you continue to walk through? Mm -hmm. Um, So one specific uh, time where I can think of was was after losing my sister Mm -hmm. and my mom was still in the hospital on a ventilator. And um, I was just in my room, just talking to God, just being really truthful of Mm -hmm. like kind of, true talk, but also kind of mad talk. Like, why did you take my sister? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I just wanted to know. And like also prior to that, my aunt was saying that how she saw a sign that like my sister, sister is in heaven and everything. I was like, why can't I get something like that? Mm-hmm. And um, in that moment, I just heard God speak to me that like Sissy was with him and mm-hmm. that everything's going to be okay and turn out for good. And like, that's kind of, and what I've been hanging on to, um, moments like that where God's spoken to me and actually shown himself to me. So, yeah. That's so incredible. Yeah. Um, when I just want to say that um, I've kind of said this to other people, but I don't know that I've really ever said it to you. But in hard situations, I've heard it said that you can either become bitter or you can become better. And I feel like that you became better. And I feel like that your faith in Christ um, was strengthened. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't have hard days or can't just, like, start sobbing for no reason. I mean, yeah, but you constantly point it back to, I lean on God, God was with me. And um, I just think that that is just really, really admirable. Absolutely. 
I love that. Yeah. And, and you even mentioned having like a real conversation with God and having some mad parts Mm -hmm. about that conversation. And I think that is the beauty of walking with God is that he does not expect us to be perfect. Mm -hmm. He expects (sighs) us to be in relationship with him and in relationship there's going to be tension. There's going to be conflict. Mm. There's going to be things that we, um, that don't go the way we want. And so, but the idea of relationship that's central is going towards the relationship Mm. towards God. And the, the way that you've lived that out, um, not only in this situation, but in several others that I've had the privilege of walking with you through, um, that has just been a constant narrative in your life. And I'm so thankful for the, um, the way you demonstrate that. Uh, not only to me, but to all the people at YAMFAM, which is really cool. Um, so if you haven't joined us for YAMFAM on Thursday nights or even for a YAM night, which is every fourth Sunday evening, we would love for you to come. Uh, we do have very honest conversations about our struggles with life, with God, with understa- understanding scripture. And we would love for you to be a part of that so you can have some other Christian support that'll help you kind of dive into that material. Um, you guys both have kind of mentioned community. Mm-hmm. What are like some specific ways do you think that community has molded your walk or your experience mm-hmm. of even the love of God as you've um, been walking with him? I think just it's like surrounding yourself with other people who also love God and make him a priority you know that when you go to them to ask for advice, they're going to give you like biblical, honest advice. And if they say like they're going to pray for you, they're actually going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing that you can be honest with them about what your struggle is and you won't be judged and um, they're going to hold you accountable to what you ask for. Right. So, yeah, community has just been just a really, really important part of my life and my faith journey, just being in different small groups through the years, but then also getting the opportunity to lead. Um, I've done some high school small groups, currently doing a college small group that Jenna is in. Um, (laughs) And I find that even being in community with girls that I think I'm like pouring into, like I learn so much from them. And um, I think that God can teach us from people who are older and younger than us. And so yeah, community has been really, really pivotal and it's really important because we're definitely not made to do this life alone. We can't. So true. So true. How about you, Jenna? Um, finding like a good community is like being able to know who to turn to. Hmm. And like Amanda said about the truth, like they're always going to tell you the truth and not just the truth, but like the biblical truth mm-hmm. though, what you want to need to know in that moment. Um, and just kind of like Finding the people where you're able to, like, open the Bible with each other mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. grow alongside them is also been very helpful for me with my walk of Christ. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like how you said um, open the Bible together and come alongside because I think uh, that truth that we're referencing, sometimes— um, you'll hear experiences where people have weaponized it against each other and, you know, people will throw Bible verses. But if you're if you're opening the Bible together, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh— well, shucks, we're both reading the, the same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> now what do we do? And so that idea of like we're on this level playing ground, um, you know, like you were saying, you can learn from somebody who's older or younger. Like there's not a hierarchy in the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. The king is Jesus and the rest of us just get to 
hang out in his court. Mm. Um, so if you're not part of that, we would love to invite you in. Um, but I love how you guys were both talking about um, being shaped by truth and being encouraged by your friends uh, that are following Christ. How does, how does that form of love differ from love that you experience outside of those um, who maybe don't believe mm-hmm. um, when they seek to support or help or give advice? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the difference there? I think knowing that you're going to be unconditionally loved regardless of what you share or even if you, you know, kind of slip up. Yes, they're going to hold you accountable, but they're, they're going to do it from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to be like that I told you so. It's more so, okay, I love you. Like, let's work through this. Let's figure out a plan so that this doesn't happen again. Right. And so, you know, if if you're going to friends who don't know Jesus and aren't coming from a place of unconditional love, then, you know, it could be that they're judgmental about that you slipped up and about your sin. Or it could be that they're supportive and they actually kind of twist the truth of like, well, that's okay. Like, you know, this, the culture that we're in, you know, like the Bible was written thousands of years ago. And so that doesn't really pertain to your situation now. So it's okay if you do that. Mm. And so just knowing that, yeah, if it's not coming from a place of, they're seeking biblical truth or they're following what the Holy Spirit has, you know, asked them to share with you, then you might not be able to trust it. Yeah, that's hard. And sometimes I, in my own experience, when I get advice outside of the church, sometimes I feel like it flip-flops. <laughs> like one day I'm, I'm like, I think I should do this. And right. I'm like, yeah, do that, do that. And then it'll end up badly and they'll be like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. Right. Like, <laughs> but you, you said do this. <laughs> But yeah, so that's really hard. How about you, Jenna? How about how's your experience been? Because um, I know you're you're currently in college. Mm-hmm. You're going to William and Peace, and you've got friends on both sides. You're not just in the church. Um, so, what is your experience been in experiencing love inside the church versus outside of the church? Um, definitely the unconditional love um, for going to the people that are in the church. And for the people like outside the church, it's just kind of like, what is what's what decision is going to make you happy? And so, what is mm-hmm. the right decision? Mm. Um, and a lot of times, the decision that's going to make you happy is not always the best decision mm. and the best decision you should make as a follower of Christ. And so, just knowing what to actually like go to them about versus mm-hmm. go to your church friends about. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's not so much about the church walls, but it's about that being directed by Scripture. Yeah. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you guys have been walking, uh, I know sometimes people, or I even experienced this in, early in my walk with Jesus, was, okay, I believe in you, mm-hmm. and you are the Lord of my life. You're my Savior. Everything should be good. <laughs> um, and that— it's never how it ends up. What is going on with that? So how has your uh, need for Jesus mm-hmm. changed over time? Yeah. Yeah. So I am a, very much a um, type A list maker, achievement-driven perfectionist. And I've really had to grapple with that because 
within kind of that overarching comes a need for control and a need for striving and a need for earning. And so, you know, the gospel is like the opposite from that is, is you start from a place of love. Like God loves me regardless of what I do or don't do. And nothing that I can do is ever going to make him stop loving me. And nothing I can do is going to make him love me more. And so it kind of makes me flip the script of, okay, I'll start from this place, but my personality bent is that I have to like work for the love of God. And so it's literally constantly reminding myself of the gospel and, okay, I am loved. And then because of that love, I'm going to do all these other things out of an overflow of the gratitude of what Jesus has done for me. So realizing that I don't have to be perfect because Jesus was perfect. I don't have to be in control because Jesus is in control. And even though it's like, I can know that in my head, it's like, I think they say the longest distance is from your head to your heart. Like I, <laughs> And it's not just a one and done, like, okay, Jesus is in control. Jesus is perfect. It's, it really is this like daily reminder of, no, I am loved. Like when I wake up in the morning, I am loved. When I go to bed at night, even if I got nothing checked off my to-do list that day, I am loved. And yeah, it's, it's freeing, but I also have to just like constantly remind myself and go, go back to that place and um, like accepting the love as opposed to like, earning or striving can can sometimes be challenging because that's anti-cultural i mean the world is like hustle like you know earn achieve and so um yeah the gospel is a beautiful thing but sometimes it's hard to actually fully accept it because it's so different from what the world says which is is beautiful but right I have to remind myself often. <laughs> That's the other beauty of having community around yes. us to do it too. Because when I forget, you remind me. And when you forget, I get to remind you. It'd be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Jesus covered this. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Absolutely. We're totally covered. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, Jenna, how's, how's your need for God mm-hmm. grown even as you've walked with him? Um, for me, something I definitely struggled with is being patient. Um, preach. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess culture nowadays is like everything is on like a timeline. Like you have to graduate by this time. You have to get married by this time. You should have a kids by this time. You and like everything's kind of like on a timeline by the world. Mm-hmm. And like everybody has a different timeline. And um, like just kind of like trying to slow down and know where God wants me in that moment and in that season. Definitely been struggling with that a little bit, um, especially because I do desire to want a husband in the future mm-hmm. and want a family, but I know I'm here instead of there. Right. And so just kind of slowing down and living in the moment and mm-hmm. not rushing. Yeah. I love that. That mm-hmm. is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like even just trying to get to work on time, <laughs> like it is insane in the traffic. I'm like, everybody is feeling this pressure, clearly. Yes. Um, we could all use a little more patience. <laughs> that's so cool. So I love, I love that that the gospel is really what is at the center of 
how you're feeling loved by God, that it's him covering you and it's his story for your life. You were talking about everybody has a different timeline. Um, yeah, and, and God's the one that writes our story. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like you were saying, Amanda, as we accept that and receive that and um, maybe stop trying to steal the pen out of his hand and write our own story, mm-hmm. um, we can kind of relax mm-hmm. into it and not be as uh, anxious or worried or um, fretful even. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really cool. So if you were talking to somebody who is like, you know, that's all nice, but I don't know that I really believe this whole Jesus thing. What is like an experience or a moment that you were like, yeah, it's solidified in my brain at this point um, or advice that you would have for that individual? Yeah. Either or. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, all we can share are our experiences. And so it was described to me one time of, you know, you can go to an amusement park and you can look at a roller coaster and you can watch the roller coaster, but until you actually get on the roller coaster, you're not going to fully experience it. And a roller coaster has ups and downs. And so life is going to have ups and downs. And so even life with Jesus is going to have ups and downs, but at least life with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you through the ups and downs. And so I think that that probably um, just saying, saying yes to Thailand and that entire experience. Um, I had to raise like $3,000 and had never support raised before. So it was a really daunting task. And then near the end, I had about a $300 deficient and had a friend who was also support raising and he didn't know that I had deficient. And he was like, Hey, like if you need any extra money, I just support raise like 300 over. And I was like, Oh, the exact number, the irony. I'm like, okay, thanks, God. And then even like getting into Thailand, the host missionary that I was partnered with, um, she was only about five years older than me. And we were just so similar in so many ways and just had this like really strong connection. And we still keep in touch to this day 20 years later. And um, I've gotten to, you know, visit her and um, meet her kids one gal that I met in Thailand actually was from um, New Zealand. And so I got to go visit her at some point. Another friend who served in Thailand that summer ended up moving to Japan and I went and visited her. And so when I kind of look at the last 20 years and the web of Thailand and how that's connected like so much of the rest of my life, and then I won't go super deep into all this, but while I was there, there was a youth group that came over for their mission trip and the host missionary needed me to lead their trip while they were there. So I had been in Thailand for three weeks and this youth group lands at the Bangkok International Airport and I go and pick them up. I'm like, hey, like I'm your leader (laughs) and traveled all around with them um, through Thailand, Had, had never worked with high schoolers before. I was always like children's ministry and I was like, never done this before. Not sure how this is gonna go. Like fell in love with high schoolers, come back to the States, get involved at Hope. Of course, I signed up for Kids City. I'm like the children's ministry girl. Well, I was like out of town a lot of weekends. It wasn't a super effective ministry for me. And I was like, okay, God, I need a midweek serving opportunity. The next week at church, what do they say? We need Wednesday night high school. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and God's like, but remember, like I prepared you when you were in Thailand. Wow. And so I started doing high school ministry. And I think that that was... 
gosh, the years. I mean, I would say at least 12, 13 years ago, because I've seen kids go through four years of high school, go through four years of college, get married, and then I just went to visit my first one that had a baby. Wow. And so just to, again, to see how God has woven all that together, and so much of that goes back to when I was 20 and said yes to Bangkok. That's incredible. So, yeah, God is real. (laughs) (laughs) That is wild because it's just that it was, you said yes to something you were unsure of. Mm -hmm. You said yes to something that you were like, I'm not prepared to do this. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go pick up a car full of kids from an international airport in a third world country and I'm going to be responsible for them. Like, that's huge. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely see. Um, exactly what you're saying of that whole fingerprints of God all over that because that the ripple effects of that have been widely impactful um, not only just in your own life but in the different people's lives that you've touched Mm -hmm. and how you've loved them so well um, because you've experienced and lived through being on that roller coaster taking the steps of faith you get to turn to people like Jenna and I and say Mm -hmm. it's worth it just take the step. Um, So I'm very thankful for that and how you've said yes to God. That's really cool. Thanks. That is super, super cool. How about you, Miss Jenna? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like a word, like now that I've been thinking about it is like being a witness and what you've witnessed, how God has worked in your life and what he's done for you. And one like thing that just comes to mind like every time someone asked me about that I was like why do you believe in God like what what has he done for your life is it comes back to I was visiting my mom and sister at their graveside one day and I go down go there often and mm-hmm. um, just read my bible and like talk mm-hmm. to them and um, talk to God and it was like a sunny day that day mm-hmm. um, and it was like no wind and um, I was just asking God can I like know that my mom and sister are here with me and my, where my mom is, um, she's right below a tree, and there's like a tree with leaves on it. And as I was saying that, the leaves started to move like above me, mm-hmm. and then a soft breeze just came through. And um, then, like you know how like a lot of times when people say that they know the Holy Spirit's with them, you start to like tear up, mm-hmm. and like definitely what happened. Aww. And so like I knew that it was God, and I knew that they were with me. Um, and then fast forward a little bit when we were at the flower retreat and we were doing the visualization stuff. Um, I think his name was Thomas that was yes. leading us through it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, asking to go back to like a time where we knew that we felt God's presence. And I went back to that time and God just showed me a picture of like me sitting there with like my mom and sister next to me um, with their arms around me. And then Jesus was like hovering over us. And, um, Every time I think that, oh, is God not real? Is God not there? I just go back to that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that so much. That yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love that you were asking God and seeking Him and looking. I think sometimes we mm-hmm. hear of people who um, say they're searching for God and they'll ask things, but then they they stop looking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you sat there at your mom's graveside and said, God, show me. And you kept looking for it. And then he showed up. And then um, to remember that later at the fall retreat and for God to be so faithful and to give you that image is just stunning. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that moment with us. That's really cool. 
Oh man. So if you're not in for Jesus yet, I don't know what's going to convince you, but you should totally (laughs) jump in. Um, We're in this series that's talking about greater love. And I think just in both of your stories that you've talked about, um, the greater love of God and the greater love of Jesus has just shown up at so many points. Um, Whether it's this, you know, faithfulness through this really hard season or the being asked to take a massive leap of faith um, across the world, like just seeing his love lived out through you guys is incredible. Um, And I have personally experienced God's greater love through each of you and how you guys have loved me well. Um, Accountability is real, (laughs) y'all. We've also experienced your greater love for us, Angie. But it's, it is a beautiful thing. If you are willing to um, be vulnerable and transparent with those uh, that seek Him, mm-hmm. um, just the, the faithfulness I've experienced of both of these women and how they walk with God and how they are uh, quick to say, hey, you know, God says this and kind of get me back on the right path has been uh, very impactful for my life and helping me walk in faith. And then the way that you guys transparently share your stories with me, sometimes it's hard to see God working in our own lives. But when we have the privilege of walking with other people who are walking towards Christ, then we get to see God working in their Mm -hmm. lives. And sometimes that helps us get through a dry spell where Mm -hmm. we're like, man, I'm not hearing from God right now, or I feel far from God. Mm -hmm. It can be a bridge sometimes to be like, but I know he's still there because I see him working in Jenna. I see him working in Amanda. And so I'm just so thankful um, for our community, our friendship. Um, And I just invite all of you guys to to just join us at any of the yam nights. Um, Yam fam is Thursday night after service. We would love to have you there. Um, And if there's anybody who has any questions about, well, how do I seek Jesus? Mm -hmm. You're saying, you know, Jesus, Savior, Jesus is Lord. We would love to invite you right now into receiving Christ as your Savior. Um, And so we're going to do a prayer here in a second. And just to make sure that you are understanding what we're doing, um, the gospel is essentially that God saw us in our brokenness and our sin and our shame and said, I don't want to leave them there. I'm going to come for them. And so he came in the form of Jesus. And Jesus came to die for our sins, all the wrongs we've ever done, all the wrong thoughts, all the wrong words, all the wrong actions, every wrong that's been done to us. God has covered over that with Jesus um, so that we can have a perfect relationship with God. And so um, we invite you to receive Jesus as your Savior, as the one who died for your sins and rose again on the third day, Mm -hmm. praise God, (laughs) and now sits in the heavenly throne room with um, God now. So we're going to do a quick prayer for that. And we just invite you uh, to join us in that. So um, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this day. I thank you for the testimonies of both Amanda and Jenna and just the beautiful way you worked in their lives. Um, God, I thank you that even through uh, really hard situations um, and really tough spots of deep loss and hurt, God, you have been faithful and you have shown true through it all. And you've even given beautiful visions of your love. Um, 
God, we thank you that you continue to do that. And Father, we pray for any of our friends online who don't know you yet. Lord, we pray that they would come into the family, Mm -hmm. um, that they wouldn't just join us on Sunday or on Thursday night, Lord, but they would um, come into our heavenly family, Mm -hmm. our eternal family, Father. And so we're going to pray with them, Lord, now uh, that they would come into uh, your kingdom. Uh, So, Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. We acknowledge that you sent your Son to die on the cross for us, for our sins, for our shortcomings, Lord, for everything that we do wrong and everything we just can't do right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have done it all through your Son. Um, And through his sacrifice and his resurrection, Lord, we can have freedom um, from the enemy who would seek to pull us down um, and just to walk in the fullness of love that you have for us. And so, Father, we ask that you would come into each of our hearts, Lord, um, and especially if this is our first time seeking you, God, that you would just help them to feel in this very moment Mm -hmm. that they are so deeply loved Mm -hmm. by you that you are capable of forgiving them of all of their sins, all of their shame, and that you delight Mm. in them. Lord, we thank you, God, that you created this pathway for us. We love you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, mm. So God, if you guys uh, accepted Christ, we are so excited. Welcome to the fam. Um, but also come to the Yampam because we would love to meet you in person. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being with us today and sharing your stories. Um, it's just been so beautiful. Um, but we hope you will join us again on the podcast. And I hope you have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.